bold, honest conversations about life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between with unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. No topic is off limits and no story is too small. Join us on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming to you again today on December 29th with a podcast, Be Honest, on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM. I am Dr. Yana with Dr. Sherry, was incredible Dr. Sherry, and we have a special guest, Tatiana Berman. Tatiana is a violinist and immersive artist who consistently pushes creative boundaries, both as brilliant musician and accomplished painter whose paintings are sought after by collectors from around the world. Founder of the Constella Arts, she is the creator of the power of sound and not so classical. And also she's a star of the documentary called Forte. Tatiana's unique projects brought her, brought her to some of the most iconic venues, including Carnegie Hall, the Kennedy Center, and could you please pronounce that word for me? Yeah, Philharmonie. <laughs> In Hamburg? Yes. Welcome, Tatiana. Thank you. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Not only that, uh, Tatiana is all of that an accomplished, accomplished and successful, we're going to talk about success today, successful person, successful woman, successful mom, She's also my incredible cousin, for which I'm so proud of. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about resilience and success, the meaning of it, and what do we eat it with? Let's go, guys. So, how do we define success? Does anybody know how we define success? Accomplishment. Accomplishment, I guess, right? What are other words for that? Achievement. Achievement and accomplishment and um, I think fulfilling uh, what your abilities are, that's success. Yes. Desires, wishes and hopes. Well, it depends. I think it's uh, success is a, an interesting concept because I uh, for every person out there, success means different things. Um, and also in different areas of our life, we can be successful. Um, and it doesn't mean that other areas of our lives are successful. So it's a, it's a very fleeting concept in a way. But I think the general, general um, if we had to generalize, basic meaning of success is a perceived um, achievement, right? Achievement and accomplishment. And someone has the perception of having accomplished things and achieved uh, certain milestones. You know, guys, what is so interesting to me that uh, when we perceive 
ourselves as a success in a certain area or a failure for that regard, right? Not achieving our goals and not realizing our plans. Some other people think that we are so successful and we have achieved everything in our life and they're just sitting there and feeling so bad uh, of, the, of themselves when they don't even have an, any idea of what stands behind success. It is not just that we wish for something and then we immediately get it. So I was also there, in fact, when uh, I was seeing you everywhere on the media you're here giving concert you're there giving concert you were so publicized everywhere and your incredible photos and the projects that you had done and i was just a simple professor as a sort of myself <laughs> sitting there teaching my students you know preparing my lectures and all and my cousin was everywhere and i'm like it is so incredible i admired you so deeply Thank you but i think it's it's um i i cannot even tell you that you know on the other end it's it's um all that you see on social media especially i think it makes it very difficult for people to actually see things for what they are because social media is a representation of just uh tiny little moments um that are in fact kind of a, a generated image right i mean this is what social media is about it's a generated image and when you uh, say that obviously I'm um, first of all I really hope that you did not think that you're just a simple professor because I think you're an incredible woman who is most one of the wisest people I know thank you and, and an accomplished uh, an amazing gifted person as well and so it's not really uh, it's not really we cannot ever compare ourselves to anybody first of all and uh, another thing is yes again social media and the image uh, especially with people who are performers or um, public figures, it's always an image of something that we are projecting in order to, um, you know, convey things and 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 move our uh, mission forward and uh, you know make sure that our projects are realized and moved forward. So in a way, it I don't think that has much to do with success. It's really to do with marketing and. Um, and visibility and staying, you know, visible. And this is just a part of a profession. So it's a different type of profession in a way, uh, because we have to stay visible and we have to make sure that we are on people's minds. Um, because in order for us to, we can create things as artists, but we cannot really exist without the feedback from our audience in the end. If, whether you're a visual artist or you're a performing artist, which I'm both. And so you need, um, you have to have the feedback in a way. Um, although there have been known uh, uh, people who actually create and they don't really think about what feedback they're going to get. They just create because they, are, they can output and they have the creative vision. In any case, I think the social media has, in my mind, not much, not much to do with success. It's just a perception and it really is a lot to do with marketing and a certain image that is created in order to uh, move forward certain projects and um you know your work forward so yeah absolutely but it does um but i think it, you're right it's it in a way actually affects people more negatively than positively because there is in our in our uh, culture right now it's quite prevalent that people um have a certain comparison of themselves with others with these with these sort of image created 
images and videos and posts and a lot of it has nothing to do with reality and yet um, many people don't know better and they start comparing themselves with that perceived image and that is a very sad reality because it makes us more more, um, more lonely and uh, more insecure with our own abilities because um, yeah that's the negative side of social media so. But then the, this way we can talk about the, the misconceptions uh, of the understanding of the success. How do we uh, understand it? How do we perceive it? And how do other people perceive us? It's, uh, for example, that I was saying that uh, I saw you so successful and credible and I was so proud of you. Uh, you at the same time said that you were not just a simple professor. What is a simple professor? That, that's the it's, such it's a mis, mis, misnomer, isn't it? Because you cannot be a professor. <laughs> and be so simple. You cannot possibly become a professor. <laughs> it's a very right. subjective experience. Because success, success that's right. It's an outcome. So it's a it's a it's subjective and it, it differs between each individual. And uh Tatiana's so right. Uh, social media is just a small glimpse into a person's life. And usually it's not even their complete life. It's just a small piece of the puzzle of their life. That's so true. And if we think of this concept of success and the misunderstanding of it sometimes, uh, I believe that media affects us so incredibly in this sense, in a bad and a good way, defining success in our lives right so we should be striving for something that uh, perhaps that we're not uh we should be seeing other people achieving their enormous success without even knowing what stands behind and sometimes the success is just the of some people it's just a pure constructed image that has nothing to do with abilities with gifts uh, um and the actual success, we should also uh, understand that. And like you said, there's uh, not one simple professor um, out there, although I've seen some simple ones with the uh, simple thoughts. <laughs> Depends what level you're looking at. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And what we're teaching and everything. It is also what stands behind while we can be so modest. Uh, and uh, I guess, I guess just the... The, the further you go in life and the more obstacles you overcome and more dragons uh, to conquer and uh, uh, the more mountains to, um, to, climb. to climb on, yeah. I think we become more humble. And with that, the humbleness also goes that I'm a simple professor. Although for that simple professor, there are also the years of education, books, and books and books, no Netflix for, for, for that reason, no parties, nothing. There's essentially no life for all that time that you achieve uh, uh, your doctorate degree. And Sherry, Dr. Sherry is going to uh, second me on that and agree with that because um, we hardly had any um, time to party or even think about the party. What was Netflix? Every time we would look at the TV, it says Netflix. In our mind, there's big letters, caps, set. You should be writing. You should be writing. You should be writing. It follows <laughs> so, you where you go. Uh huh. Yeah, it follows where you go. So, um, how do we achieve that success? Uh, well, first, I believe that we need to have a meaning behind uh, our activity. 
the meaning that drives us to the places that we want to be. If we don't have a meaning, we're going to just they're going to become complacent and sit in one spot, not doing anything. And there are plenty of people like that because they think that um, that uh, success, in whatever sense that it is, uh, is just a concept achievable for just a certain number of people. I, I think it's um, there. There are a lot of misconceptions, but I think if it was to second what you're saying, I think in any profession, uh, for what, from what I've seen in my life, um, people who are successful generally don't um, over overwatch, let's say, shows or over going to parties. They go to, to very specific things that mean something to them, and they do things uh, to always develop themselves. And there's always self development going on. So instead of, let's say, Netflix, people read books or they listen to a, a, an interesting podcast. So um, there is there, there needs to be a kind of a, a goal. There's always a sort of a goal or a meaning behind why you're doing something. So basically, in the end, it's some, a kind of a, a more aware way of living of why you're doing something. So in the, in the end, that makes you more successful because it, it, all the little things that you do during the day in a way contribute to the overall um, goal or your mission or like what you're about and how you're fulfilling what you have, let's say the gifts that you have. So I think that, that the, a lot of successful people who I know, um, everything that they do, um, it's it has a little bit more awareness than the general population. And that is why they're successful because they are aware of their actions at any given moment. And if let's say you are relaxing or doing something, you are doing that because you choose to do that at that time. But there is a time and place for that. Um, and, and again, when you're building something, like when you're doing a doctorate or someone is building their company or I'm working on a, a large scale project, Yes, there is very little time for other things. Yet, if you um, if you don't consciously also take time to recharge, it doesn't need to be partying. In fact, partying takes away your energy, right? But it, if you consciously uh, take time to recharge, that actually contributes to your success and to, contributes to you being more cre uh, creative and more productive in whatever it is that you're doing. And so um, I think it's very important to... Two, uh, definitely take time out, but to, uh, there are certain parts uh, of our lives where we cannot afford to even do that very much, you know, but um, uh, hopefully not for too long because it's not good for your health and other parts of your life, which then become not successful if you do that <laughs> too much, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I was just also thinking that over the years, success changes, doesn't it? Uh, for what we're talking about right now is more kind of a maybe work success or your job or work or your creative um, output. But I think that it also changes over the years, like the priorities change, right? What do you think about that? Well, I believe that the uh, the success, the understanding, uh, and the meaning that we give to the word success, of course, changes uh, over the years. But at the same time. Uh, for different people, success means uh, different things. And um, for whatever goal that we try to achieve in life, there is the certain personal narrative that we pursue our entire life. And from that uh, single narratives, I believe narratives stem uh, different branches uh, of uh, um, 
personal realization. And this way we can also achieve success in those areas as well, the areas of interest. However, the success does not have to be on a grand scale. It depends on your vision and the goals that you want to achieve in life. It is absolutely possible to be a successful mother, for example. And if a woman just wants to be a mother and nothing else, it is such a difficult thing to do. It's a 24-hour job for many years up until your children leave your house. And uh, they're good moms. And those who devote themselves to their household, uh, to husbands and children, uh, they can really um, express themselves in a way that the other women can't who also have children. So for, for that, it, it is a successful woman. It is success. She accomplished herself as a great mother. And we're not going to go to the archetypal psychology, but uh, the, um, the role of a mother is very, very important. So if you are just stay at home mom and you express yourself to, um, to the heights of your potential and you're happy with it, then this is a success. This is a definition of success because many of us cannot even do that. Uh, and... Um, if you're a professional woman, sometimes you don't have time to do and the care for the kids that uh, you uh, would like to be. And that creates a source of uh, stress as well. So how do we go from goals in our lives from one to another? How do we balance it all? Um, it's not an easy task. And of course, for example, for me, success changed over the years with the goals that uh, I set for myself. I remember that I just recently opened up one of my journals uh, and something that uh, for, mm, what was that, about 20 years ago for the new years when you write all those resolutions, I'm going to do this, this and that. And I found it and I looked at it and I said, oh, I've accomplished everything that I set for that year. And that felt really good because when we set the goals, and we follow through and achieve those goals, then we feel much better about us. We uh, realize our wants and desires. And then once those are achieved, you set yourself new goals. Well, I mean, I think that you are one of the few people that I know that would, can say that about yourself. I, I am one of those people where I don't think I've ever achieved everything on my list. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> it was 20 years ago. <laughs> Since then it changed. Every year, you know, I actually started being much, much better in recent years of, of not um, writing so many things because it's not really about how many things, it's about the meaning, uh, you know, how you feel a sense of accomplishment and you actually enjoy the sense of accomplishment versus just feeling like you haven't done half of the things that you have planned to do. Um, so I, I think it's it's really wonderful to to have those goals. I think not everyone is also there's another side of it is that not everyone is ambitious, not everyone is driven. Um, and for some people, personal success, uh, you're talking about motherhood. I mean motherhood is the biggest job and it is the hardest job. It's not paid and it's mostly uh, sometimes it's not even rewarding uh, at times, uh, but at times it's the most rewarding job. Um, and most of the time, actually, it is wonderful and rewarding, but there are times where you, you struggle because it is, it's just tough. Uh, there are certain situations and you learn a lot every day from, 
from these situations and, and being constant for your children. Um, but I think for some people, you know, especially if you don't have children or you are not ambitious, um, success is more in the realm of um, realizing some sort of potential that you are given, you know, and it's a, it's a kind of a personal little goal. So like, let's say staying healthy or being uh, a great friend to to your friends, you know, or or supporting your family, um, and things like that are also very very important. And I think um, we mustn't forget that uh, it's not really always about just achieving and getting things done and and you know getting better. It's I think it's just um, kind of living your best self, how I would put it. Um, and in a way, uh, you know, and also being very careful, like when you are on the way to achieving things and, and realizing projects and realizing uh, your skills that you don't neglect other areas of your life because, you know, we have the our loved ones, we have the spiritual side of us and we have the health side of us, which often uh, get neglected if you're trying to achieve something. So it's very important to, for me, the highest form of success is when, when everything is sort of kept uh, in balance that is something that i strive for um and i don't think i have here ever uh, yet been to a place where i feel like all of the success of in, uh, successes in all of the areas of my life i am successful in. hold on it's coming when you're 100 years old <laughs> when you're 100 maybe that will happen I, it's not, I don't think it's about that i think it's just we, we humans we want to like achieve we want to achieve it and we and we want to just be in that place but it doesn't work like that because there is always the next thing and there is always this sort of a feeling of oh okay what's next I, this is this is great now it's good but what is what else is out there what else is next you know so we it's not it doesn't stop because in the end you know this feeling it comes from within so um you kind of have it but it's it's always it always comes in waves that's what i i feel like it's always the the wave there's the next wave so yeah and it is a process <laughs> right it it's is a process, process. And that, like, that's actually the most important thing, isn't it? It's the process of it. It's not sort of like, oh, I've achieved it now. Now I'm done. I like everything is great. It doesn't work like that. That's not the why we do it, I think. We actually, the best thing is to enjoy the process, isn't it? Yes, it's to enjoy the process. And I know that the, Dr. Sherry, she has worn so many different hats over the years. And she is very accomplished. And sometimes uh, we're so modest, we don't think that we're accomplished because we set new goals for ourselves and we go for them. And uh, when I met her, I, her, you, Dr. Sherry, when I met you, oh, <laughs> when I met her, who am I talking to here? <laughs> to myself? <laughs> to me, myself, and I. So when I met Dr. Sherry years back, I was also admiring her for her resilience, determination, things that uh, she was able to accomplish in her life. And um, then she said, one, this big goal for herself to have a family all I heard from her is just I wanted a family because she has already achieved everything that she wanted to achieve in the professional and personal life, and that she wanted children. And for some people, it just doesn't happen that way. Sherry made two children like almost right away after she set that goal. Said, "Okay, I'm having children," <laughs> and there, bam! She had I was running out of time. <laughs> you were running out of time. It's like, okay, I have achieved it all, and now I need a family. 
And interestingly enough, while we can look at it and think that, oh, it is so easy, just go and have kids, right? Uh, no, it is not so easy at the time. Uh, and sometimes, not sometimes, actually most of the time, uh, people encounter serious problems, uh, even conceiving. But what is the meaning? What is the meaning behind it? So Sherry had everything, and then she decided to have kids. And uh, uh, she had them. She has this incredible two beautiful girls. And not only that uh, she is an um, uh, accomplished chef, her French cuisine, Dr. Sherry's, you, uh, Tatiana, you, you should have seen, you should have tasted the way she cooks. Wonderful. It is incredible. That is success. That is success. <laughs> But, that, but just it, by itself, it is a success, Sherry, right? Just by itself. It is, but I agree. It's, success is a staircase. And there's a lot of people out there in the world like us who are ambitious. And I think the list never stops because that's our purpose. It gives us purpose. And again, like you said, you don't have to write everything down because it's in our actions. When we show the world, that's what we, you know, it's we can talk to the cows come home, as that little saying goes, but it's in <laughs> sure. our actions that we display our success the outcome of our desires wants you know it's in it's, it's made me think about something because um i was trained since i was five years old to 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 um kind of push myself every day because you know the violent violent training i was trained as a soloist as, since i was five and uh, we had to practice quite a bit and sometimes it comes through tears sometimes it's just through sort of and not wanting to see the violin ever again and sometimes <laughs> and then there are other days where you feel amazing and it's all great but sometimes you spend hours with it and the, the but the point here is this you just said it's interesting it's um it's this um it's not even yeah it's like a staircase but it's it's something that might be helpful to uh, any any person out there it's uh, doing something every day that pushes you just outside your comfort zone because a lot of people think that, oh, that's up here. I can't even begin to do that because somebody's up there. Mm -hmm. But actually, all it takes is every day you do something that pushes you outside your comfort zone just enough, not too much and not too little. Because if you push yourself too little, you don't really get anywhere. If you push yourself too much, then it will be too hard and you will give up straight away. That's why a lot of... New Year's resolutions don't work because people set themselves un unrealistic goals. You have to actually um, look at it a long-term project. It's better to set goals for the whole year and then spread them out in steps versus doing, okay, this month I'm going to fast, I'm going to go to the gym every day, I'm going to do weightlifting, I'm going to be like doing everything. You know, I'm going to kill myself never, the first week of January. Not gonna, <laughs> it's not going to work, you will give up. So the best, the best way I find for anybody who's doing anything at all, it, you just push yourself just enough so that you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You feel like you have achieved something, but not too hard because you will be giving up uh, after a few days because you will be just thinking, okay, it's too hard. But if you don't push yourself outside, then also, again, you don't go enough for you to notice, and that will be discouraging for you to go forward. So that's just something I've learned, and that's made me think when you talked about that. Yes. Let every day, every day be a new year. Why does it have to come down to the end of the year? You know, folk, try to do something good in your life every day, even if it's something very small, yeah, even if it's a smile. Because it's smile. easier. Because in a way, it's, a, it's really, isn't it funny? I mean, you are the psychologist here, but, but isn't it funny? It's a human nature where we, 
we do things that are easier short term but actually not rewarding at all and not good for us in the long term but for some reason we end up doing that it's sort of a human nature maybe there is fear behind maybe there's insecurity maybe it's just pure i don't know that mean that many lazy people actually i think it's always to do with fear or insecurity of starting something or pushing yourself or maybe not knowing that that's a possibility you know i agree interesting yeah we have um, <clears throat> indulged ourselves a lot into self-gratification because feeling uncomfortable uh in pushing yourself does not feel comfortable at all guys <laughs> play of the words it doesn't feel good pushing yourself pushing your limits it just doesn't but you know why because when when you don't do this when you do this from young age for example like i have done when you feel uncomfortable, you after a while you learn that there is this phase where you push through, and then it feels great because you have accomplished something. You feel more confident because you have achieved this kind of a, your own. You have gone through the difficulties, and that stage is what a lot of people. If I think everyone was taught this when they're younger, I think we would have a different society because a lot of people give up before getting to that phase, and that's the secret because you know it feels uncomfortable right you don't want to do it but actually the best part is just after that when you went through you pushed through that project and you're resilient and you accomplished something and you're like oh i actually liked how this feels it feels like it's me and i have realized something difficult and so that's the secret i think it is the secret and science actually seconds you science supports this claim interestingly enough however in our society we uh, like self-gratification. We like uh, um, feeling good. We don't like to feel uncomfortable. We, as soon as we feel some sort of uh, sense of anxiety, we run to the doctors like, oh my God, like I need to have some medicine, fix me, do something about it because I don't want to feel anxious when that anxiety actually pushes you forward. I was so surprised by um, observing how things are in our schools here in the United States. Uh, to me, uh, it went completely against what you just mentioned because in uh, sports is always competitive. Life is damn competitive. But somehow we in the United States here, we reward children for just participation. I could not understand what is participation. Why do we need to reward anyone for participation? It doesn't give any stimulus to anybody, to children especially. Like you mentioned, you have to do that from the very early age. And if we don't do that, if we reward children for just participating in order not to make them feel uncomfortable, oh, God forbid, uncomfortable, right? And just uh, feel inferior in some way to other children, then they don't progress. They don't progress. And as parents, we want our children to feel good and nice and comfortable and uh, self-assured. But in fact, we work against it. And when they grow up and they go into this dog-eat-dog uh, -dog world, they think, oh, how come I'm not being supported in this? How come? And this is exactly how come, because um, we need this competition in life. We need competitive sports. We need to know how to push ourselves in order to achieve whatever that we want to achieve in this world. You have to work hard. I think without hard work, success is, this doesn't, you can't attain success without working at something. I think Tatiana has yeah. mastered the skill of resilience. Absolutely. Oh. You're a great teacher of that. 
<laughs> well, perhaps, but I was, it just also made me think that we are, I think all three of us, we, we look at it from a perspective of, of people who have gone through things. We are resilient. We have, let's say, achieved certain milestones, even though sometimes to be, uh, to be, um, what's the, the right word, to be honest, I often, I, I went through most of my life, not, uh, I have uh, had quite a bad imposter syndrome and all sorts of um, things where I did not actually feel that what I am achieving or doing or what it looks like from outside. Um, it did not even remotely feel like this for most of my life. And now, only now I'm learning um, in, in the last few years to to celebrate success, to enjoy it, to enjoy the moments um, that that are achievements and the small steps that and, you have achieved yes and um and the large ones as well because exactly. I, I don't think especially um when you are brought up kind of with this idea of always bettering yourself it's um it's difficult to enjoy the actual accomplishments so that's is an interesting thing so what i was going to say is that with the three of us we we do have this mm -hmm. resilience we do have this mindset of ring but not everyone again it's not like this for for, for people and the participation it's an interesting phenomenon. It is. It is. Um, it's not only in the U.S. I think there is. It's a kind of a way we are going where we reward uh, children for participation. But I think it's again. Yeah, I agree. Is that I in think, the Western world? Uh, yeah, I think it's a Western world thing. But um, in some ways, it's all right. But I think it's almost like um, not everyone has to participate in everything. That's number one for me. I think it's actually better if the children are suited for something and then they enjoy it better. And they can achieve better results in terms of like they feel more successful in it. You know, if if someone just participates because they have to participate, that's another side of it. Is that it's not necessary. They might as well use their time doing something that they actually enjoy and become better at that. You know, basically cultivating your actual talents and 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 uh, being recognized by merit is long term uh, much better for mental health for for everyone and their values. This is one thing I was going to say is that um, when you have that approach, the just the participation approach, the values that the kids grow up with are different. And on top of that, as you said, when they go, go, uh, go into the real world, um, they realize that doesn't work. You know, they don't get rewarded for participation most of the time. That doesn't even do anything. Um, anyway, it's just something I was going to say that I thought of, of that, that not everyone is like, like this. Um, and merit is, is much healthier in the end because it's harder at the beginning, but it's it's healthier in the end. So. Well, like you said, that we have to take action. Taking action, I've noticed myself that sometimes I become complacent and sometimes I just do what the feels good instead of I'm, I know that I have this project that I have to start working on it. But uh, nevertheless, um, binge watch Netflix, I eat ice cream and I indulge in this incredible yummy foods, you know, and that can go day after day. And, and I understand what it is. I understand. And the fact is <clears throat> that I start to stagnate when I do that. And not necessarily that uh, from day to day, we have to be pushing ourselves all the time, but we have to be able to take the step forward and it doesn't feel good. And of course that it pushes you out of your comfort zone and we're creatures of comfort. And in order to push ourselves out of uh, the comfort zone, you have to make an action. You have to take action. And Tatiana, you're absolutely right. It's taking action. That's where it all stands. That's the secret of taking action. 
And then, like uh, my brother uh, Stanislav Lazichny, he is a um, spiritual teacher in Minsk and Belarus. Uh, he said uh, one incredible thing, which helped me over the years. I heard his lecture. He didn't tell it to me uh, directly, but I heard his lecture. I'm learning from my brother. He said, when you do something, do not think about the outcome. You have already set your goals, you made a plan, and then go with a full action into it without attaching yourself completely to the outcome. Otherwise, you'll be setting yourself for failure. And that's where the per perfectionism will come. This is where the pro procrastination will come. And I learned and I thought, aha, uh -huh, this is the secret. And I decided not to attach myself to the outcome too much. Yes, I want to do my best. I want to strive for perfection and uh, uh, for success in what I want to do and accomplish. But at the same time, letting go, letting go of the outcome is has helped me so much over the years. It's wonderful. It's it's that whole process of the journey as well. That's where you enjoy the actual process much more, and that um, enriches your life. It's sort of this awareness of the of being in the moment versus striving for something at the very end of the road, which sometimes becomes something else by the time you get there. You know, and that's another side of it. It's very interesting. And working hard, you know, Sherry, Dr. Sherry, you said that uh, working hard is really important. I, I very much agree. I think we that's another thing. Nothing really comes from working hard. People think sometimes that uh, I think social media perpetuates this myth that things are easy, especially now we have AI and you can just go and get this uh, going. You have the funnels, you have the business ideas and the AI, AI will do everything for you. It still requires a certain skill, knowledge, understanding what it actually does. It's not going to do things for you if you don't know how to use it. You, if you, it's not gonna, nothing is going to happen if you don't put in the work anyway. Uh, but over the years, one thing I have uh, slightly changed with that saying, I think that working smart is also very important. That's another thing with, with success, you know, because we don't necessarily need to work hard all the time. And working hard by itself does not necessarily bring you results or success. Uh, that's an interesting conundrum, right? Because we should, but it is, doesn't. It, it has to be, you have to also step back um, and reflect. That's one of the other key elements, I think, of successful people is you have to take time out and reflect on what you have done. Uh, maybe that's something that doesn't work anymore, things you would like to accomplish next, you know, um, maybe long-term planning, um, some people are better visualizing things than others, so maybe some people are not in a situation to visualize long term. But in any case, I think one of the most important things to me, which I have learned over the years, is to reflect and to self-reflect on what doesn't work, what works really well, what I'd like to happen, and and try and see what's going to, uh, what is it that I'm aiming for long term. Um, and so, of course, the life then throws everything at you that completely changes everything. But yeah. it's a wonderful, wonderful way of sort of, um, it's a good exercise to, to know yourself better and understand what, what you are about in a way. Absolutely. 
sort of uh, take an inventory take an inventory of course at least uh, once a year by the new year because that's uh, how we uh, the started celebrating new year and that we attributed all this importance to this time uh, when we start the new year with new thoughts ideas good wishes uh, uh, um, things to discover achieve to better ourselves and to better our situations of course because we're the creatures that don't want to strive don't want to live in bad situations we want to strive in good positive ones so that is uh, very interesting but at the same time uh the time of your birthdays is very important. That's when you take the inventory as well. At least I do that. And for me, it has happened. It has helped over the years. Um, I remember, again, I would quote my brother. He would uh, never celebrate his birthdays. And I never attributed the, too much of the importance to my birthday. Uh, he would always say, congratulations, with yet another time when you reevaluate your life and move forward with better intentions and leave behind what you don't need and um, reevaluate your values this is how he would put it and i started doing that and to me it's several times a year when i take uh, uh, this inventory of what i need and what i don't need to let go of things that uh, are not serving you well because if we accumulate uh, everything over the years as we live our life emotions people objects things everything and hurts uh, and uh, problems and we don't take inventory how are we going to move forward in life it's very important to burn the dead wood in your life and then the new sprouts are going to come with a new life, new ideas, new perspectives, and new strengths to move forward. Because, uh, Tatiana, you mentioned that you have to invest in self-care because otherwise it's not going to be possible. For example, just uh, one week ago, I had a terrible emotional burnout. I had a physical burnout, emotional burnout. By the end of the year, I was essentially dead. And I put myself like I sat on the couch, like, and I exhaled, and I couldn't move any longer, and I needed a break. But why push ourselves so hard? We have to be able to take the rest in small increments in order to move forward in life. Otherwise, we will burn out and not accomplish anything that we want, or even lose the desire to do anything. Yeah, I think balance is very important. Or we enter a free fall. And I think taking an inventory or self-reflection in addition to specific times in your your life or your year, I think it's also important anytime you feel a disturbance, even if it's something small, it's good to reflect and do a self-inventory. What's causing this disturbance? What what limitation is am I giving myself that's preventing me from gaining attaining the success that I'm seeking? Because a lot of times we hide behind that unconscious fear of failure. And that's a, that's a great point. I think I've had many, many instances like this. And um, Give us the example. Well, yeah, because sometimes it's actually physical even. Your health, uh, you know, your body mm -hmm. will tell you. You have either tension or you have some kind of a illness that's re reoccurring or there is um, a kind of a, a tense feeling of, of, of something not quite right, you know? Our bodies are always trying to tell us because they carry a lot of emotional, um, emotional baggage as well. And so sometimes it manifests in certain illnesses or, or things that happen. Um, and 
um, it's it's interesting to learn that like I didn't really think about this when I was younger. Nobody taught me, right? But over, but but uh, in the last few years, I learned. I kind of feel much better and much more aware of what my body is trying to tell me. And I think um, in our culture in general, people try to push down. Like let's say if you're feeling sad, then you go and get antidepressants. If you're feeling um, you know, a little bit of a cold, you really want antibiotics straight away. But actually, most of this is not really fixed by that. It's it's that you have to work out what's really causing it. And a lot of the time, you have to be able to be with your sadness, let's say. You have to uh, be able to um, just live through the cold because it's just a cold and your body is strong enough to fight it most of the time with most people. And, you know, and and uh, yeah, it's it's. I think it's important to be tuned in to your own inner world because that is what makes your life um you can control the quality of your life much better and quality of like who you are in your existence in a way because if you are tuning into your own um de desire and uh your own inner world and what you actually have to offer um that makes all the difference i think <clears throat> and, and um <clears throat> um for me also very important uh, that a lot of us, we don't realize sometimes like we want things, right? Sometimes we just say, I want this, I want this. But a lot of the time, life gives us something else that we actually need and the lessons that we have to go through. Right, yeah. And very often, we think we want something. But in fact, we focus on ourselves. And what I find really contributes to real success is not focusing on what necessarily you want as a kind of an ego of yourself but why are you you want to let's say let's say you want a lot of money right um if you just want a lot of money that is not success if you want a lot of money because you want to make a huge difference in the world you want to help you know sick children or animals or making environments safer uh, that is why you should want money, right? So if you have, uh, for me, success is, is wanting something, but having a mission to serve other people, other, other you know, beings in our planet. And that's, that's to me, like the, the highest definition of, you know, wanting to achieve things. Because in the end, um, if we just are all very selfish, it's also worse for us. And on top of that, life works this way that you're not going to get there that way. You're not going to get what you want because you just are all about yourself. So that's another uh, very important, I think, trait to of success, another side of success to me that, that really defines it. That, For example, this conversation we're having, um, for me, it's really important that maybe there will be a few phrases out of this podcast that people will take away and they may help them. They maybe will discover something new or, you know, something that about themselves uh, or maybe will something will be helpful and resonate with them. Yeah, this is the goal to be honest. This is the goal of this radio show, <laughs> to be honest. I know that you, one of your projects is to bring classical music to children at schools. Yes, I, for the longest time, I, um, you know, when I first came to America, um, I studied in England and then I lived in America for quite a while and I was quite surprised that the first things that always get cut down in schools with funding is always art and music, which is uh, now with all the studies out there, it is the best thing for children to develop their 
actual inner worlds and personalities, music and art. No matter how you look at it, sports are very important. Yes, physical, definitely you have to stay in, sh uh, in good shape and, and it's, it builds team, team and resilience and things like that. But music and art develop your brain, your, your, whole, your whole emotional um, uh, resilience and, and really good traits and also helps you to study better in other subjects. And yet it gets cut down first when there is no funding. <clears throat> so that's one of the things I, I um, had quite a... Um, where I lived in the, in the U.S., I had a program where we went to schools and gave concerts for free in different schools where arts funding was not um, as freely available. I haven't done this lately as much because right now I'm focusing on the um, power of sound and how it actually affects us. So I'm doing a, a big research and musical pro project that is uh, resulting in a, in a new album. And that is all to do with... Um, for us to kind of stop and, and think of, think and be aware of how sound affects our well-being and even psychologically and how it actually sometimes makes us do certain things which sometimes we're not even aware of so it's a it's an interesting concept for me for for many years already um everything from noise pollution to the type of music people listen and how it affects them um and and even how it affects us on a cellular level. And I'm also interested in an ancient way of healing. So thousands of years ago, how they used sound to heal people and in what way um, they utilized the waves uh, quite differently <clears throat> from what we're doing now. So yeah, so that's, that's the kind of work I'm doing at the moment because um, that's what's coming to me. So I'm composing as well. This new album will have um, mostly my new compositions with my wonderful friend Michael Cheney Wills, who is a composer as well. So we compose together. So I'm very much excited about this project and can't wait to bring it. Um, the single is actually coming out in January. So nice. I'm doing a little plug here. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> so can't wait. January, yeah, there's going to be a single called Ascension, um, and it's coming out as a, a, a single and also as a video, um, 19th of January. That is wonderful. Well, we applaud and we are happy Absolutely. and we can't wait to hear. Thank you. Well, what I hear from, from uh, what you do, uh, those projects, they give you intense sense of meaning and um, accomplishment. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yeah. Exactly. Fulfillment. Exactly that's the better that. word. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how you derive the meaning. And that meaning is pushing you. So if we look at that, and if some people would just look at you and say, oh, um, this is her life. This is her professional life. This is what she was set out to do uh, from the age of five, like you mentioned, right? Then uh, for us, uh, we didn't start so early. It could be so difficult for us to do it right now. And yet you did not come to those projects 20 years ago. No, and it, I think it takes like a whole life sometimes you know there are people who have created some of the famous artists they haven't even started painting until they were 50 there are a few 40, really well-known right? composers too that you know like for example charles ives he was an insurance salesman all his life and i think when he was 40 something he composed you know one of his first great big symphonies um but what i, I was gonna say is any person it's not really i mean within our profession yes we start training really early but having said that i 
haven't always had the traditional path of a soloist because I did a lot of other things. I had my own festival. I I like to paint. I've, I've always painted since I was a little kid, and I you know it's 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 um it's a path where you have a lot of um sometimes there are moments of low self-esteem there are moments of doubts is this what you are supposed to be doing is this this is it doesn't so the sense of fulfillment it's a kind of again it it eventually becomes more and more constant if you keep doing something and you keep doing something that um actually you you feel like it makes a difference to others i think and, and also something that sort of makes you grow um, I think that in my case, this is what I, I believe. Um, and for people who haven't yet discovered what that is, um, my advice is always the same. is you, you got to, first of all, sit down with your thoughts and tune in and really feel, is there a passion? Is there something that makes you feel even remotely sort of you really you want to try it? At least you want to try it. You know, it's just you, it's a question of sitting down with yourself and asking the question, okay, what would you if I had to try one thing, what would it be? If I'm like something, like I'm I'm sort of I don't know if I like it enough, but I like it. Try it, go try it. So the main thing is to go and experience those things. And then once you feel like one of those really makes you kind of like gives you a little bit of butterflies or like makes you feel excited, then start working at it. But not for like a week, <laughs> but work on it for, you know, a few weeks, or maybe a few months, and maybe a few years, and then see if that's your thing. But um, the main thing is to take action and to, to go and experience it and try it out. And that's also success because that's, that's how you bring out, maybe you were not encouraged to bring out your own gifts, your own talents when you were younger, right? Sometimes um, some parents mm -hmm. don't know how to do that. They don't know how to encourage their kids to experience everything. Maybe people are busy. Maybe they have um, you, they have to work a lot and, and the kids don't really have that encouragement of exploration. So when you're older, I find this a lot with older adults who come to the concerts where, um, you know, the concert where creative not so classical is because I'm introducing older people to classical music because there's a lot of misconceptions around it. But actually, anyone can listen to it. And this is the paradox, right? It's it's a beautiful thing. Um, and so my point is to, if you are not introduced to certain concepts as a child, now is such a wonderful time. You can Google things, you can research things, you can go try out things. And it doesn't really have anything to do with money, actually. It has to do with the, uh, there are so many th things that are available for free as well, and even free courses online. And so it's really about a question of desire and um, going and trying new things. I think that's what, that's what pro propels you and, and gives you a sense of meaning. We are having such an incredible discussion. And I absolutely love it because that is not only helping us to talk about it and understand ourselves, but also for the audience, to who for those who listen and uh, who view us as well. And uh, we are coming live from United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. This is Be Honest Podcast. And I'm Dr. Jana, and this, this is Dr. Sherry. And our incredible guest, Tatiana Behrman. I know that a uh, long time ago, you played in the Buckingham Palace for the Queen of England. And Tatiana, 
when she mentioned it to me, she's like, oh, yeah, I played for the um, Queen of England. Well, and that was it. And that was it. <laughs> like, you played for the Queen of England? Well, it was a while ago. I was quite young. By the... <laughs> so I don't so, like it's not really a, a recent accomplishment. It's not a recent accomplishment. <laughs> it brings to light what you were saying, though. Like, you know, it, success comes over time. And when we're younger, we don't even realize oftentimes that we understand that we're good, but we have that doubt. It's like, oh, yeah, I did that. But well, it's, I, mean, I, think, I think it has to do with a lot of different things because I, specifically in my case, I think I had quite a bit of, um, what's the right word? How do I put this gently? I did not have the most positive reinforcement in terms of professionally. So I was uh, taught in a quite um, self, uh, not self, but it was quite a negative way of working through things. So there was never like, oh, that was amazing, well done. It was about like, okay, well, if it was good, nothing really was said. But if it was bad, everything was said about how, how what mistakes were made and things like that. So it was a more of a negative reinforcement. So that's something that I had to overcome in my life because um, realizing that there is another way, there is another way to look at things and reinforcing the good. And yes, commenting on the things that need to be improved, but not in the context that that is the thing you need to focus on. And so... Um, things like playing for the Queen of England, uh, that was a very long time ago. I was 16 and I got this opportunity, luckily, I was a soloist with a Bach double concerto. <clears throat> we played for a fundraising event at the Buckingham Palace and it was wonderful. It's a wonderful experience and already then I did I did know that that is a very special honor to, to be able to do that. Um, and I tried to do my best, and that that was that for me. But it was over, and that was that. <laughs> you know, we move on to the next experience. And so, as I said, when I was young, I wasn't able to really enjoy the accomplishments as I do now, uh, because now I realize the value, and I appreciate, and I'm grateful for things. And, and it's a very different, much more enjoyable life experience, actually. Um, but that's something that some people who have steady upbringings already kind of have it built in and others who have a slightly sort of my my experience was quite different because i lived by myself pretty much since i was 14 and my mom died quite young and so we learned that over many years sometimes and let go of things and realize things and teach ourselves things so it's um it's a wonderful journey and i'm really grateful for for, for the opportunities and for life in general, like, you know, having life. And I'm just, I'm just really grateful at the end of this year, I must say. And we're so <laughs> grateful for you as well. Yes. And those adverse childhood situations, they are in fact uh, become the plateau, um, well, not a plateau, but that we reach the, actually the platform, platform that yeah. sets us off onto this journey of life and this is the stage for us achieving things that uh, probably people who were so comfortable in their lifetime and in, in their childhood, in fact, and in a lifetime um, cannot achieve and they lack resilience. And this is what happens that we have to have some sort of uh, adversity when we're little. And of course, for our children, we always want, we want everything best. But to tell you the truth, knowing that about building resilience and having 
not having everything when you are young. In fact, uh, we, um, my family was uh, very well off uh, when I was a child and we could have everything, but nevertheless, it was not uh, really the conditions of my society to uh, have everything that you could ever imagine because you have to be diligent. You had to be working, uh, not the, um, at the job, but you have to be working on your projects since the very early age. And um, yes, we were not so um, um, praised for our accomplishments, but exactly, we have very similar childhoods. Uh, but when something went wrong, oh, definitely, we would have known about it. But then nobody put us on our head or just say, oh, great job, you did it, fantastic. We didn't have it. And uh, we're talking about this path to success, but nevertheless, it actually stems with uh, a lot of adversity when you are a child and it is absolutely okay. That is why with my children, I did not uh, attempt to give them everything that they ever wanted. Even if I had the, uh, every means to do that, I didn't do it. You want this? You know what? You're going to have to work for it. Uh, you have to prove to me that, that you are capable. You have to finish your tasks. You have to finish the projects that you do. Show it to me that you really want it. Or go work or make your own money from the very early age. And actually... That helps children a lot. If we shield them from everything in this life, they are going to grow up really weak individuals. I remember that um, one of the examples of that um, was one woman that I used to work with. And she came to a workplace. Uh, actually, she just started working when she was 55. She was 55 and she was wearing, um, and uh, oh, I don't have anything of this uh, ugly Christmas sweaters, although, you know, why are they ugly? I don't understand ugly Christmas sweaters. But she would always wear all the sweaters as such with innocent little bears, kitties, puppies, and she was like really that innocent woman. And she was 55 years old and she seemed so much older, like this old, fluffy, nice grandma. And once she told me that, oh, but I'm much younger than your mom. And I thought, that is so interesting to me. And she told me that uh, she had a really incredible life. Uh, she had a great childhood. And then she had um, uh, she married nicely. And then she never had to work a day in her life and uh, had her children. And that was the first time that she decided to start working and that woman at 55, uh, she could not even count money, meaning that it's not, it wasn't um, thousands and thousands of dollars that she needed to uh, count, but it was like in the um, realm of 10, 15, 20 dollars. And that was really difficult. And she was always um, not handling it properly and always being in the uh, de deficient in the funds at the end of the day. And we had to tell her that this is not the way to do it. You have to be really diligent and watching what you do. Guess what happened? The woman had a heart attack. And because that was her first adverse experience in her lifetime, she never built any resilience. And that by just telling her that she failed to do something consistently for her that was such a hit on her psyche, that it couldn't bear it any longer. And she had a heart attack, which was, um, she was okay. It was a minor one, but then she stopped working um, altogether. So by not building that resilience in your life, by running away from 
adverse situations. Uh, um, but sometimes we're born into that. We're born into wealth. We're born into just the uh, good situations in life. And uh, our childhood is perfect. Our youth, adulthood, young adulthood, adulthood, everything is perfect. Everything is given so easily. We never have to do it. But nevertheless, uh, the more adversity you have, the more things that you have to overcome, the better you are as an adult. In childhood, better you are as an adult. And I firmly believe in that. What do you think about it, Dr. Sherry? I agree. I think resilience is a skill. It's a skill set. So you, it's something you can build upon. Yeah, the other side of, I think, lack of resilience, if you, um, if, if you don't have those experiences, I think it's also like the, the low self-esteem, for example, some people have. Um, I think it very much comes with the lack of resilience because, you know, they like relate to each other. And if you... Uh, it's almost like people start setting themselves up for failure before even, even, um, what am I trying to say? So basically, resilience is it's like if you have low self-esteem, it's it's sort of uh, a chicken and the egg situation. If you are not resilient, then the self-esteem goes down. But then if you don't build up your resilience, uh, if you have a low self-esteem, then you probably have low resilience as well. And so that's a kind of a a tricky situation. I Absolutely. I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate because in a way, yes, uh, if you're born into you have everything, you have things and you have means, it still doesn't mean that you have like a happy or you know sheltered life in a way. Because I I mean I know people um to come from money and um it's not really about money. I'm not talking about money here, but let's, let's say the overall perception of if you're born into a well-off uh, situation, you know, 10% of the population, like let's say the, the top 10, um, we're very lucky that we have things. We have things enough to function well. Uh, you know, we have every like the, all the face wash that we want and, and you know, the right kind of outfits and things like that, even if it's not high designer fashion, still we have everything to, to live well, right? But it still doesn't mean that um, you're going to be become resilient and some people are and some people are not. It also very much can happen in a very healthy family. So there's like the other really nice side of it. And I only know a few people like this, but it's not really to do with money, but it's to do with the fact that there was a healthy situation in a family. It, it can even be a single mother. It can even be, you know, a different type of family. It doesn't have to be mother and the father situation. It's not even about that. It's somehow some people, uh, parents mostly, manage to bring up kids in a healthy, resilient way by, um, <clears throat> by, by uh, making sure that they have this sort of motto of, of trying new things, of, of being open to pushing themselves a little bit every day, you know, things like that. So I have seen it. And whenever I see that, and the person may also come from money, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, but I have seen those success cases. And I'm always, I always feel so happy inside because it's like, it's so nice to see people who come from these healthy environments where their head is screwed on their neck in the right way you know and it's like it just it makes me happy usually because it, it is possible to also create that um but of course adversity does force you what what, the, what adversity does is forces you to do it 
but there are other ways of being resilient. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. True, and I will um, elaborate on that just a little bit. If we look at children who were brought up in uh, good um, situations, financial situation, and um, uh, with parents who are not abusive and that they create a nice environment uh, for uh, children to grow up uh, nicely and peacefully and happily, at the same time, if we look at that, why parents are so successful in creating uh, children like this and seeing that um, for them to grow up, having this resilience, in fact, to some degree, is that because uh, in my experience, parents had experienced adversity at some point of time in their life. And we're trying to give our kids the best that we can. Nevertheless, understanding that the life is not all that sweet, nice, uh, fluffy thing uh, that we see behind the rose-tinted glass, uh, glasses, eyeglasses, that we understand it. And that is why we bring our kids up in a way to understand the reality of life. And not being confused uh, by just participating in life, you get pet, right? Just by participation in school activities, right? Nevertheless, somehow you can get in the, uh, at the school, you can get the worse grades than others. How come we don't um, give uh, our children all the same grades by just participation? So I think that the, that could probably be the next step in our society, don't you think? With everything that the uh, in the direction that we're headed right now, we'd be in trouble if that happened. We'll be in trouble, but yeah. we're headed. Looks like we're headed in that direction. Well, I mean, basically, I think it's a question of all of all of these different possibilities for resilience definitely exist, and the main thing is to remember, you know it does build confidence and you're more connected and they sort of the the more aware the kids are being brought up like at the moment i'm going through a phase with my youngest daughter where i am getting her to ask herself what she feels because she has a habit of sometimes when she is experiencing something new she asks me what to do or what it is and how how what do you eat it with right when of course sometimes we have to introduce him to things and we explain but at times i'm now stepping back she's in this age which is really interesting and i tell her i said what do you feel what do you think what do you feel? and that is one of the ways to uh, teach them about like what their actual what their body feels and how so to tune them into themselves a little bit because as kids they sometimes being told all the time like what to do in school being told to, what to do by the teachers by the coaches and and very often uh, i think we have to always remember for the kids to make sure that they ask themselves how do they feel how what would they like and that's that's something that i think is not happening enough in, in my experience i, I look at, at things around and, and very often we dismiss them as people who don't yet understand but actually kids understand right. so much more and they would do much better and their confidence levels would be much higher if they're given a chance to actually express like their own feelings and their own desires. And take it an action. And, and then they can take the action that they feel is right for them from an earlier age. And you're actually, teaching them to be present. Like by being present exactly. with your children, you're teaching yeah. them the importance of presence. And I think, I mean, maybe it is also for boys, but I think for girls is very, very important because a lot of the time they, when they're a bit older, 
they end up being less and less like you know kids uh, girls very often are taught to be good and to not take as many risks and to be kind of you know this girl thing um but i think it's very important to make sure that they have um what are they called the, the risks calculated risks you know that's one of the things for girls that i've learned from raising girls is to make sure they take calculated risks because boys they just you know they will run into a fridge you know from early age and they don't care and they just move forward uh very often um and they just take risks but for girls it's important to make sure they have opportunities for calculated risks um and let them do it and let them you know find out that it hurts or it or it's like ethnography or something happens out if you do it that's so that yeah it's like it builds resilience too because they discover it for themselves yes and that with a resilience uh, it, it's, it's just the words that we've been using um but at the same time what is the resilience right it's the everything it's a competence it's a self um assuredness uh, and then connection then to ourselves and uh with other people it's uh building the character uh coping mechanisms control and also the meaning, the meaning that stands behind of everything. And the most important thing I believe in success is, like you mentioned, uh, Tatiana, being working smart and is perseverance. Perseverance uh, worked miracles in my life because I remember one of the examples um, when I actually was working on my doctorate and uh, uh, what I'm trying to tell people is that it can be so difficult when you are trying to achieve something, it is not going to be so easy. And we need to understand that because we are going to have to sacrifice a lot for what we want to have. There's always sacrifice. Nothing we get in this life without a sacrifice in some sense. We can't have it all. I remember working on that. Um, so I was working full time and also be uh sort of we're never part-time moms we're always full-time moms been a full-time mom and um um going to school also full-time working on a phd i remember that a friend of mine um one time she's like oh you're not coming to a restaurant with us you're not going for drinks and we're just gonna stop inviting you at some point in time because you always say no and I said, you know, I can't do that because I don't have time. And then that friend of mine said, you know what? She one time she had too many drinks one time and she called me at midnight and she said, Yana, I'm so jealous of you for I'm like, for what? It's midnight. For what? Are you OK? And she finally was able to tell me what was on her soul and her heart. And she said, I envy you for uh, your looks, your intellect, for your ability to accomplish things and achieve what you want. And to that, I told her, you know what, I know that I understand that you probably had a little bit too much of wine. Let's talk in the morning. And the next day, I had to tell her that you probably don't want my life because it is so difficult. While it seems it's an easy thing, easy peasy, absolutely. You go to work and you put on your face, your professional face, then you come home, you put the face of a mom because nobody wants to see your ugly, nasty, uh, um, frustrated face from work, right? And when you're so tired, you put on a face, nice face, and you talk to your kids. 
And then you put a, another face of a student because you need to produce all those papers to participate in discussions and everything like that. And um, when you have to do your homework at night, when do you do that? You do it when everyone goes to sleep. After you finish your work day, after you took care of the kids, after you put everyone to bed, and then at night you do your homework. And sometimes I did my homework till one, two, three in the morning. And then I have to wake up in the morning and go to um, to work again and uh, to classes at the same time. And it was so difficult to do, but I was on the mission. It gave me meaning. And I said, you know what? While it may seem a little bit of cruel, I don't go out. That, that That's actually the reason why I don't go out. I don't have time to have drinks. Yes, maybe I should probably go out and distract myself a little bit, but then... I would lose the time on sleep or time with my children or I'm not going to uh, do the homework that I have to produce all the, that papers. So I said, I can't. And at that time, she did not. And I tried to uplift her too because she wanted to create her own business. And I was there with her cheer, cheering her up and said that, yes, you are going to open up your business and life will be uh, much better. However, there was never a desire for any action. And that was a lot of eating and a lot of drinking for the person. And I said, as long as you do that, you will never accomplish anything. So that is the perseverance of first taking the step and multiple steps and sticking with your goal. And for that, you have to be a killer, meaning that you have to be able to kill those tasks and activities that are not serving you well. And yeah, yeah. that is... It's soul that's sweat and tears. It's sweat and tears and lack of sleep. And that's what you set yourself for when you are trying to accomplish something. And uh, that is the reality. Self-discipline. Self-discipline, absolutely. And through self-discipline, we get self, uh, the sense of um, self-respect. And from self-respect comes self-assuredness. It's very important to not compare our insides with other people's outsides. That's what your friend was doing. So that's just to put it out there. It's important to be self-aware. Yeah, it's, like it's like what we were starting to talk about the, at the beginning. <clears throat> the social media thing amplifies it a lot. And we just have to stress that it isn't reality. It still isn't. And it's, as much as we, a lot of people are on it, it's absolutely not what your life is about it's just a little glimpse and it's a piece of an image that you see of someone else but then again in that uh, documentary for them in which you featured uh, with little alina as well it shows that the life is not what it all is right you put up this uh, fantastic face to the world but behind it there is a lot of work that needs to be done ah, it's a it's a good movie actually um, it's called fort and it's about the three women and the, the three different definitions of success um, in the world of our world of, of music um, and art and how different success can be for, for those women. So it, it's a very relatable movie um, documentary. And one of the protagonists actually writes the uh, score for the, the film, which mm. is really unusual. So I've never seen it done before, but it's during the film. So... And it's uh, it's our stories, and and I think it's a it's a really good movie for anyone to see, and, and even for younger girls and their moms, you know, because it sort of makes you feel uh, like things are achievable because it isn't always like black and white, and it's not about 
oh, you are either successful or you're not successful. It's about a journey. It's about this, this, uh, uh, this self-discipline, yes. Uh, at times we have, maybe we're better, maybe we're worse, but it's about waves and the process and the whole journey of, of uh, the whole life uh, of development and, and growth and interesting opportunities and setbacks at the same time and knowing how to overcome the setbacks. Something that we haven't talked about yet is that, you know, we are talking about resilience and, and that is part of resilience and uh, perseverance is if you have a setback, um, for example, when I was younger, I don't think I knew very well how to handle that very well. I felt bad about it, right? So I had a setback. And because uh, every, a lot of the things around me were quite negative, said in a very strict and negative way about mistakes and things like that, I didn't know how to handle it. So I felt bad about it. But the older I got and the more I learned and read books and, and, and talked to smart people, um, I feel much, much better about setbacks because every time something goes wrong or something I haven't planned happens and it's really uncomfortable and frustrating, um, sometimes even dangerous or something or health related, I think, okay, this happened. What am I going to do about this? Can I change something? Uh, can I change it for the better? Is it in my capacity to change it? Uh, I'm not going to be uh, sad or I'm going to waste energy on it unless I can do something about it. And sometimes you just, there is nothing you can do. You have to sometimes just accept your mistakes. And that's another thing that's a very important um, learning curve if you want to be successful is uh, sometimes you just need to accept there was a mistake. <clears throat> and sometimes mistakes can be quite large. You have maybe been investing in something your energy and time and even even money and sometimes you just have to let go when even if you feel like oh but but maybe it will work out um things like that are very important um to cut uh, to, to cut things when they don't serve you so anyway i think that that's a really important aspect is where you fall down how are you going to get up from it you know and what are you going to do about it and sometimes it's acceptance sometimes it's changing course Sometimes it's something where you can fix it and then move forward. Um, but a lot of the time, it's very important to know the different ways of overcoming obstacles. That's, I think, it's a very, very important thing, like in my life, how to, like learning how to actually overcome the obstacles and, there are, and learning, knowing that very often, most of the time, there are several options so that there is never you know, a thing where like, there's just nothing you can do. Like, there's always one or two options and sometimes even several. So that's a really good thing to know. While it is a very good and extremely fantastically poignant um, point, um, at the same time, ladies, we should also remember that uh, we live, what kind of society do we live in? The position of uh, us as women in the society. Uh, I over my life for the past 20 years, since the time that I had my first child, I would always lack time. I would like time to do my own projects. And for that, it was very frustrating to me because uh, I had um, so many projects uh, in this life that I needed uh, to do. And nevertheless, I could not bring them to fruition. And why? Because I had children, I had a family. And as a mom, and as a wife, I had to care for my loved ones. And at the same time, um, uh, 
while I was married at the time, my ex-husband would go to work and he would be all that important person, um, uh, the head, not the head of the department, but one of the important people at the department, right? And um, and he would be working on this incredible project, such interesting projects. And while I was also working on my master's and then a PhD, <clears throat> and also working that they gave me the meaning, nevertheless, I couldn't do what I wanted to do and to write books and be published. And uh, for PhD, it's very important to be published, but nevertheless, it was so difficult because you rarely have time. And I was thinking about it. And finally, um, having a degree in literature actually helped me a lot because throughout the ages, um, oh, ages, I'm not that old. I'm not that <laughs> old, guys. Through ages, throughout the years of my life, <laughs> I was... Um, looking uh, and reading the biographies of uh, famous women um, over the centuries, right? Over the centuries, those women, uh, the classical writers, and not so classical, like uh, your company, and not so classical writers. And I would realize that most of the women that we know of right now, most of them, not all, most of them, they did not have families. They, were, they could be married at the time, but they never had children. And that gave them so much time and energy to pursue the goals and be um, fulfilled on their quest of life. And that gave me actually um, understanding and peace, peace of mind and peace of heart, because I thought, you know, they didn't have children, but I have the greatest joy of my life. And uh, I gave life to this incredible two children and they will continue life and the legacy is going to live uh, through them, through grandchildren and so on and so on. And it is such an incredible gift that we can give uh, uh, as a gift of life. And yes, while it was so difficult uh, with children, nevertheless, look at us, ladies, look at us. We are still accomplished. We are successful in our understanding of success. Because um, like uh, at the beginning, I said, I was looking at you in this accomplished violin is so beautiful to look at. And I thought, that is amazing. That is the definition of success, right? And not in a bad sense, because it, that was not any jealous sense at all. It was the admiration, because I couldn't do it. Uh, well, what the most of our family are musicians, right? Uh, nevertheless, I was not the one, and my brain worked differently, and I never wanted to do that. So, nevertheless, we are still doing what we need to be doing. And Cherry, your kids are small, <laughs> but they will grow so fast before you know it. But you know what? You already accomplished yourself. You fulfilled your full, the uh, plan of your life before you even had kids. I have kids. so much more to accomplish, <laughs> I feel. I mean, that's, they're, they're, that's just a, another, that's my biggest accomplishment, I believe, yeah. children. The biggest but accomplishment be, is I our think children. all of us, yeah, people who have uh, children, I think that's, if you really had to ask them what your biggest accomplishment is, even if they are super achievers, they will Absolutely. see your children. And that's a kind of, and, and it's a recurring theme. Yeah. You know, the ideal scenario, of course, is that there is a, there are a few, maybe less than 1% of women, and I admire those women. That's something that I admire personally um, in terms of success, is that if you have the right setup and if you do strive to achieve other things, 
and you want to have children as well as family, then the my advice would be to have a wonderful support system. Support system. Whether it's your relatives, whether it's your you know a wonderful uh, babysitter or someone, people who are constant in your life who love your kids as well, and so where you are not there, you are achieving your goals. Uh, or let's say you're on the road or doing something else, that there are always people who surround your children who love them. And that is one of the secrets of the most successful women that I know, um, is that they have a, a very robust support system. And that's another thing actually with success is that even if you're not a woman and <laughs> with our children, if you want to accomplish anything as early as possible, get a, a support system going, let's say, a part-time personal assistant online or something like that. If you want to build anything, um, get as much support as possible early on and then do the things that are the most important things. One of the uh, very important things that I've learned in the last few years, again, is to do the most important thing every day. And think about that. It's, a, it's an interesting concept because very often... We have like 200 things on our list to do, right? And we have all these things that we need to get done. Especially as moms, we have a lot of very small things. And there are so many of them. Uh, I think people who don't have children don't relate to this concept. But there, are, when the kids especially are smaller, you have literally hundreds of little tasks for that day for the child, you know, as a mom. And um, they over sometimes can be overwhelming if you're by yourself. But my point is that um, if you are trying to achieve something, let's say you have three hours and your kid is in the nursery, um, do the most important thing that you believe is the most important thing for you that sort of moves you forward slightly in your own personal growth and your own personal fulfillment. Or even if it's just for yourself so you relax and just breathe and or do some yoga or write in a journal or maybe work on a tiny little bit of your project. That's what um, I really love about that kind of work. And um, yeah, it, that, that sort of makes your life more fulfilled and more successful. So it is possible with children and being successful, but you have to have a really, really good support mechanism. Absolutely. With support um, mechanism going and actually also having the accountability person uh, who will be going on the journey of life with you. For example, I know that uh, if I'm working on some project, Tatiana would be calling me and so shamelessly will be asking me, have you written so far? Like, how much have you written? If I'm writing a book, she's like, <laughs> Sometimes I do that, yeah. how much have you written? It's like, oh my God, she's on my case all the time. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to tell her? I better sit down and work so I could produce some content and be able and be honest when I tell her that I have done that. And that is very important. Um, and for us as well, to be honest, uh, uh, Dr. Sherry and I, we have this uh, podcast in order to bring to people the ideas uh, and advices from incredible people like you who have the well of wisdom and knowledge to share with the world with women and also men, people, and children at the same time for which we are grateful. And I'm grateful for, thank you for having me here. And it's been a pleasure. It's a, such a wonderful podcast. You guys are doing great work. Um, it's important to have honest conversations. And actually, it's one of the, another trait of successful people is that they are honest with themselves. Absolutely. And the more honest you are, 
the more you can move forward and accomplish great things. So thank you for doing this podcast. And I'm really honored to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And be honest with yourself is the most important thing. Find what makes you happy and go for it. And don't let other people define your success. Whatever makes you happy, that's what you should go with. This has been the podcast, Be Honest, where we're always honest and we are not letting each other be dishonest. It's always honest. We bring the best in us and hopefully uh, bringing you content and advice and understanding and wisdom that you can take from this podcast. We will be waiting for you to join us next week. Next week. Also on Friday on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, where we'll be uh, possibly meeting with another incredible guest, or it's just going to be myself, Dr. Yana, and Dr. Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had an incredible guest, Tatiana Behrman. Thank you. And until we see you again, have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.